I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the flippening of the ex poly in regards to APRs versus pools and things like that and the penalty. Tell, tell me more about that. Mitch. What do you mean by the flipping? Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, what did flipping? he have a car? Um, in terms of right now, a lot of people are taking the harvest, uh, the claiming penalty, the 50% 50, 50 penalty and plowing it into ex poly because um, the between the APR you're earning on ex poly and the um, number only go up ratio it uh, makes sense because you'll offset that penalty in you know a reasonable reasonable amount of time. So at some point, that's not going to look as uh, enticing um, because that's going to keep elongating the time right. that it takes to get that 50% back um, in terms of essentially, what can I earn over the next 90 days? You know, yeah. Is the penalty more uh, expensive or is it uh, outweighed by the earned potential earnings? Right. So- that also is going to depend on not only just the, the internal APRs, but also just the market price of polyfill. Correct. So it's hard to predict. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's not like this static number that you can come up, you know, it's always moving. So um, I think it's more so, uh, I guess, when you get to that point where it's like, on average, it's not yeah. as enticing. You know, we're not there yet, but I know we're not far. Yeah. Well, also, uh, if you guys want to join the Discord audio oh yeah that would be smart yeah. um we're dropping fire and they can't even drop. hear it <laughs> well kyle hasn't dropped the announcements yet yeah so, oh yeah Kyle's so it's just we robo getting the uh getting the heat uh <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna drop that's this. all right we could always review yeah what we're, what we're spitballing right now yeah so the um yeah it's interesting so you know the the emissions rate of polycub is dropping we're in week two we're down to four polycub per block. Um, that's going to drop to three, then two, then one. And then after it hits one, it's going to be a month, and then it's going to go to half, and then another month, and then a quarter, and then another month, and you know, an eighth, by the way, on into uh, you know, asymptotically zero for a while. But then, you know, so you, you can look at the internal emissions, and you could say that, okay, well, the ex-polycub, you know, stake is going to receive less and less polycub as that goes on but then does that make the polycub more valuable uh in in market price you know at that point we'll see yeah what i'm also going to find interesting is when you get even like uh a step past that we get to the point where that emission rate is low obviously um polycub is a commodity but you have all these people that loaded up on x poly early and now they're holding what turns out to be a big bag of poly when they withdraw and with price potentially being higher because supply has been limited for a while is there at some point i feel like there's going to be i don't want to call it a dumping but it's going to be a scenario where people have sick money they're sitting on they're like damn i need to book i need to book some of this so i mean especially people that are whaled up in ex-poly so Moral of the story is Neil. Tell me when you sell. <laughs> I'll tell you after. <laughs> I um, maybe I'll maybe I'll buy some uh, OTC. Maybe. Yeah. I'm um, up with OTC. I um, I'm never gonna probably have enough enough X Poly. I'm not uh, going at it as aggressive as you guys. I'm not even sure why, but I mean I'll keep adding to it. But I have 
you know, about 25% of uh, the ex-poly, I think, yeah. that you're holding. Yeah, my, very... my next goal is a nice round number. And I'm almost, I think there'll be a couple of days before I get there. I actually just hit a nice round number. I mean, it's not a huge number, but I like the round number. And I thought I was, I actually said I was going to stop there, but I mean, it makes no sense. Well, even so, even if you stop staking, you'll continue to accrue as as fees pile into uh, the stake. Well, that's how I looked at it. I'm like, all right, I have X amount of X poly tokens, so that ratio just keeps going up. So I'm like, sweet, I'm just getting more and more. And then I like kind of like thought about a certain ratio. I'm like, all right, when it gets to X ratio, I have this much much X poly cub. I was like, or you know, or poly cub in the end, and I was like, that's more than enough. So I'm not even sure. Like, yeah, I don't know. I've been so, I've been dropping my airdrop into X Poly. Um, I keep saying I'm gonna stop at some point, but then I keep doing it. <laughs> it's just you know it's so far outpacing everything. And before yeah. before we turned on the recording, um, you know, you guys were starting to talk about how I think we are recording. <laughs> no, I know, but but before Cal, oh, the before button, we turned on the recording, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys were talking about how you had underestimated or didn't understand the full impact of X Poly. So why don't you guys flesh out some of that? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So you, you can start. I mean, you, you can have the more te technical aspect of it. For me, it was just, I didn't understand the mechanics of it. And obviously, you know, the UI update um, that, uh, who did it? I already drew a Colonel. Colonel. Yeah. That was a huge uh, update, just putting that verbiage in there. And I think it was on, you know, the second day, just by having that, I understood better how it functioned because I had a basic idea. But once I saw the actual, information the data i'm like all right i see how this works now um that's when it clicked for me and i was like oh shit i need more of this and then obviously everyone else is talking about it more and more and then the kind of hype came around it as well um so that's my less technical point of view uh, of why i started jumping into it more so when we were designing polycub and ex-polycub i was i got really excited because i was but I mean, the entire reason why we were building Polycub in the first place and the why, why we built it the way we did is to build in sustainability and make it um, basically basically make it a forever number go up type of platform. And it, just to say it in a funny way, but in a, in a more realistic way, just to make it a platform where holding the native currency is actually is actually like a um, it's actually like a mathematically sound thing to do that's that's really where where the idea of all this stuff came in and the way we kind of got around to that is is by creating something where eventually the emissions rate ends so like neil was saying earlier it it drops off you know every week so we're we're currently in in four polycub per block week right now um and next week we'll be in three polycub per block then we'll be in two the week after that and then we'll get down to one uh, the following week. And then after that, it's going to go down to half a polycub the next month. And then the next month after that, a quarter of a polycub per block. So you've basically got this accelerated version of, of Bitcoin happenings. Um, and, and to make it mathematically sound, you can't just limit the supply, right? Because you, you can have a one of one NFT, for example, and if nobody wants to buy it, then it's not worth anything. Um, so, so scarcity on its own is not valuable, but scarcity with demand is what, what creates value. So, um, the idea is that you create scarcity through this emissions model that drops off. Then you create demand through this X polycub model where 
where you actually have X, X and Taskmaster has done a really good job of framing this, framing this up um, in his posts and in that one podcast we did together. Um, X Polycub on its own can kind of be viewed as, as, an, as a token on its own, even though it's, it's really just a claim on Polycub and the X Polycub staking vault. Um, and if you view it that way, X Polycub is continuously dwindling in supply. It will never stop dwindling in the amount of X Polycub that can ever exist. Um, and it's super interesting because, because essentially as the Polycub supply drops or, or the emissions rate drops off, that, that X Polycub gets even more and more valuable because of that ratio. So you're creating demand because you're basically saying, okay, you, you, you buy the native currency Polycub and you stake it as X Polycub and you never have to think about it again. Come back in a year, come back in five years, kind of the same, the same premise of what people say about Bitcoin. Come back to it a couple of years later or something. And, uh, and it'll be worth more than it is today. And that's really the, that's really the idea behind everything related to, to Polycub mechanics. So w- with that in mind, when, when we launched Polycub and I started looking at X Polycub and the way it was working, I was, it was really interesting to me because I mean, everything was in theory. We had modeled out how this could go, all these different things about, um, you know, scarcity and, and the emissions rate and, and even price dynamics and, and then when, when the platform actually went live, it, it turned out to play out a lot differently than, than I thought, which is it, it played out a lot better than I expected it to uh, in terms of X polycub mechanics. So that was, that was super cool to see. And uh, if I could go back, obviously with the launch, I, I was really distracted. I wasn't even able to push much of my own money in. So I ended up getting in on like day three, day four um, with a lot of my money and uh and I was just regretting this, this X polycub opportunity that I let slip by even myself, even knowing the mechanics and exactly how they work before everybody else, I still let it slip. And, uh, and that was, that was cool. Um, so I was, I was happily, uh, I was happily wrong about how good it was going to play out. So, um, I, I'm really excited about how it works. Yeah. And, uh, for me, it was, um, you know, I talked about this last week, I think, where I had like three different bags that I'd split my my initial ape into. And I was like, okay, I'll do the third in the LP. I'll do a third just trading and a third into X-Poly because, you know, I didn't know what was going to, you know, uh, win. And I was talking about this before the launch with Raleigh. And he was like, no, you should go 100% into X-Poly. I was like, that's, that's, that's over-optimistic. And I just really, really underestimated how powerful the, the the forfeit fees and going into the stake uh were so so next time <laughs> all in on staking yep i definitely did not get it either so i will say yeah. though i'm happy though my initial airdrop i put, did put into x polycup just as part of my overall like diversification i was building out my uh, essentially my portfolio on polycup kind of like i did with cub like i basically built now for the long term even if that's not the most efficient thing because you know in the early days there's better plays but build out the framework and part of that was you know putting some in x polycub but this is before i really understood the mechanics of it so i'm glad that my first airdrop got in there i think i was literally put that airdrop in when the ratio was 1.1 yeah my first uh, entry was around there too and at, at that point the ui wasn't clear and i and i thought it was actually a deposit fee because you know i put in so many polycub and i got out less x polycub i was like oh i guess there's a, a fee like, oh no it's just the ratio of 
that's also what i didn't understand (laughs) yeah uh so yeah it's it's, it started off one for one but it is no longer now it's 11 11.3718 it is 11.8 now what yeah refresh Fresh. Yeah, I know that sucks because honestly, I just claimed my airdrop when we first got on. I was trying to put it in and apparently the network is done busy and I couldn't get this transaction. Like it wasn't even giving me the confirm button. Even after I did like aggressive, I was just waiting and waiting. So it's still showing 1137 for me. I'm getting 11.8. But I, I'm actually getting 1137. All right. Hard refresh time. <laughs> Weird. Come on. Stay at 11.3. It is. I still got 11.37. I'll get the special rate. <laughs> get in now. Get in now. Still giving yeah, me a chance. The special rate. Come that's on. Funny. You know, that's something uh, as a sidebar that anyone that is used to dealing, dealing with Ethereum, then obviously coming over to this and dealing with Polygon, it's like, oh, this is awesome. But after working with, you know, Binance Smart Chain on Cub, I mean, as far as functionality and, um, and, uh, transactions i still think buying a smart chain is better <laughs> well you know you don't get nearly as much stuck uh gas fees you know with uh finance smart chain or bnb chain whatever they're calling it now yeah um <laughs> so you know i do like that but you know overall you know probably got us cheaper so that's nice um is this true you know cal are we still uh you know assuming everything continues um you know, in, in a favorable fashion for Polycub is, is next on the outpost list um, or the, what was it, the next pride or whatever we're going to call it. Is that still yeah. uh, Avalanche? Is that the next plan? Um, that is currently, it is between Avalanche and Phantom. Okay. That's next. Because uh, uh, Phantom's pretty cheap, but Avalanche is more expensive. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing that's going to drive that the things that's going to drive two things is one, are we even going to do it? Two are, when are we going to do it? And the things driving that are the sustainability of Polycub. So I I think a lot of us have seen that X Polycub has played out a lot better than, than expected. So currently I'd say there's a very strong, very strong possibility. We're launching the outpost idea and and we're going to the the multi-chain averse, but um, that is still contingent on Polycub performing very well. Um, and, and doing what we expect it to do. So. Right. so so a big part of that, in my opinion, at least is going to be bonds. Uh, right. Somebody asked uh, earlier in the Discord, uh, what's the story with bonding? When? Um, all, the, all the usual questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bonding, bonding is super interesting. It's um, obviously we're going to be, you know, we're going to have to put up a lot of information about it, but but if you're familiar at all with, um, trying to pull up a screenshot, if you're familiar at all with with uh, OHM and and uh, Olympus Pro, actually, if you if anyone's ever used that, um, it essentially is going to look. Let me see if I can get a good one. Um, it's essentially going to look exactly like this page. Uh, I'm going to drop it in Discord. So. So you're basically going to go to polycub.com slash bonding, and it's going to look like this. And there's going to be these different bonds that you can enter. So, um, for example, there's going to be a polycub USDC um, SLP bond. And, and basically what that is, is 
because um, I know some people are confused about the SLP thing. That's just the name of SushiSwap LP tokens. So, um, so what you're doing is you're going to pool and, and, and think of it as if you are like, you're choosing to either stake it in the farm or you're choosing to bond it. So the, the first step is you're going to get Polycub USDC and then um, you're going to do that by going to SushiSwap and adding liquidity um, as, you know, half Polycub, half USDC. Then you're going to go to this, you're going to go to Polycub and you're going to say, do I want to stake it and earn right now it's 2000% APY uh, or do I want to, or do I want to um, bond it? So um, it, it's going to be an interesting decision, obviously, because the, the APRs are, are really good right now. And, and the bonding is going to be, the bonding is going to be going to be more variable. So you, it's a, it's a competitive landscape, right? Because when you're bonding, you're competing with other people who are also considering a bond. Um, but what you're essentially going to do is go to this page once you have those, those LP tokens and you're going to look at the ROI. And obviously on this screenshot, I pulled up the, the ROI is negative. So if you were to bond in this, you'd actually, you'd technically lose money um, because you're going to be getting- What is this, European but, bonds? <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to, like for this first one, Raider Matic, you're going to, you would bond say like $1,000 and you would get uh, $1,000 less 1.1%. Um, on that bond and it would be paid out in Raider for, for obviously for that bond. So um, those bonds aren't attractive. I don't know why anyone would bond. So what's going to happen though, is that the way the bonding works is that it, it'll eventually even itself out because nobody wants to bond for a loss. So then the bond will slowly come back down until eventually it hits break even again, it's 0%. Then it'll go 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0.3, 5%, 6%. And then at whatever percent someone says, okay, this is attractive for me to bond. Um, then they're going to jump in there and then they're going to reduce that percentage as soon as they bond. So then um, other people are obviously going to be competing. So this is what kind of keeps the bond ROI in, in check. Um, when it's negative, nobody wants to bond. When, it's, when it starts flipping positive, it becomes kind of this race to see, okay, what percentage am I willing to, to, to get as a return um, before other people jump in and, and dilute the bond. Um, so, so bonding you know, it, it's going to, it's going to change a lot of dynamics. I think it's going to make it, um, it's going to make it a lot, a lot more interesting. Um, it's going to make it a lot more interesting to, to basically earn and hold polycub. Um, and, yes. and obviously what you're doing too is by bonding, you're building that protocol on liquidity. So if you're a big polycub holder and the bond is like 1%, it may make a lot of sense for you to bond because not only are you making 1%, you're actually just building up the protocol. So uh, you're actually getting paid to build the protocol, which is which is obviously kind of one of the points of bonding. Yeah. So Task is asking, and this is related to that: Are there management fees with this to fund the protocol? And so, like with with a bond, you're actually selling your position to the protocol, and you're receiving Polycub in return. So there's exactly. not management fees as such, but the the asset that you're selling goes into the treasury, and then that is used on external platforms for farming awards to support the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a hundred. So it's not a management fee because a hundred percent of whatever you bond is held by that protocol on liquidity. So, um, you know, if a hundred thousand dollars is bonded on the first day, then a hundred thousand dollars goes into the protocol on liquidity, um, and and that that will stay there forever, and it will bolster. It'll it'll create those dynamics of risk free value for Polycub and and uh, and uh, you know all the all the different mechanics that come into play with that. Um, you know, with, especially with that, that dropping emissions rate and X poly cub. So, so if you drive out into the long term, and I got into this a little bit with Taskmaster when we recorded uh, our podcast last week, 
um, you know, go out, go out long-term, right? Like let's look at Holly Cubs six months from now and the emissions rate is going to be super low. I don't know what it'll be at that point. It'll be like under a quarter Holly Cub, I think. Um, and if you go out, go out six months, it's going to be, the emissions rate is going to be super low. And then what you're going to have is you're going to have this protocol and liquidity and it's going to be continually getting higher and higher from these bonds and management fees. And, um, you know, you, you keep going out a little bit more, a little bit more, eventually that emissions rate completely drops off. Then the protocol owned liquidity starts taking its earnings. So let's say it's earning 20% a year on a yield. It's going to take those earnings and it's going to buy Polycub on the market. And then it's going to use that Polycub to, to basically, it's going to pay, basically buy Polycub and deposit it into the harvesting pool so that anybody can harvest that Polycub that it buys. Um, and what starts to get interesting about that is that any of those, so like 50% of those early harvesting claims that will still be happening on those, those polycub rewards are going to go to X polycub holders. So what I, you know, the way that we've kind of modeled this out is that eventually in the future, basically X polycub holders are going to be earning the majority of those protocol on liquidity um, rewards. And the reason for that is because I still expect a lot of people to take those early harvesting penalties. Um, but, but obviously we'll have to see how that plays out. So it's, it's just kind of interesting. So people say, what's the point of holding Polycub? Like what's the demand metric in the long run, like a year, two years, five years from now. And I think a lot of it has to do with one scarce asset two scarce asset that pays APY. So it's, it's almost like owning Bitcoin that also pays APY on its own. So you just buy Polycub, stake it as X Polycub. And then there's going to be metrics that you can look at that say, okay, there's only, 7 million polycub that exist and no more is ever going to exist. And then you can also look at how big the protocol on liquidity is and how much it's earning every year. And from that, you can derive the APY of holding X polycub in the long run. So, you know, if that shakes out to be like making 15 to 50% APY on X polycub um, and, and you're holding a scarce asset, I think that's an interesting value proposition. Um, and then you kind of have this other dynamic that I started thinking about, which is, these different projects like Board Ape Yacht Club and, and all these big NFT projects, what they're doing is creating different series after the first series. So they create series one, even Splinterlands. They have the first, uh, they have the first expansion, then the second, and then each new pack comes out. Um, and as the whole project grows, each pack before it basically gets more valuable because the whole thing is expanding. Um, and there's more attention, more, more people buying, and, and there's just more awareness in general. So I'm starting to look at Polycub and, and this outpost idea as being almost like an NFT series on all these different blockchains um, since it's a limited supply. And, and as if you, if you are bullish on the Leo finance ecosystem as a whole, then owning any of these is almost like owning an NFT series in, in the project where if you think right now we've got a thousand monthly active users and 10 years from now, we'll have a hundred thousand monthly active users. And we've got all these things like Polycub avalanche cub and they're all limited supply and and you can own them they're like they're like they're like um and i titled that post the bitcoin of the leo finance community and there was a reason i titled that because it, it's almost like a scarce asset within our community that that earns apy um and i i just i find that to be like an interesting future to think about you know a couple of years down the line that definitely is it's an interesting way to, to think about it you know the um you know, once you once once the the token ecosystem, at least within Polycub, matures to that point where there's no more emissions and it's just relying on the treasury or protocol liquidity 
uh, providing yield, then you can apply all your normal discounted cash flow kind of metrics and say that, you know, if, if cash flow from other sources is X, then I'm willing to pay Y in order to, you know, get my share of that, of that income. Um, but, you know, right now that, that's like, you know, the, the maturation phase right now we're in the distribution yeah. phase as we're, as we're bootstrapping everything. Uh, I had exactly. seen some questions in the general discord about uh, also related to the, the management fees where, um, you know, the, in, if you're in the kingdoms, then the protocol should be compounding on your behalf and taking, what is it, a 10% management fee off of the, comp, off the, off the other platform rewards? Yeah. And is that happening? Uh, is, yeah. is, that, is that value growing inside of the protocol? Yeah, so we so the the value is growing, and it's obviously it's all still accruing. Um, right. The one thing is that it's the, start small. the odd, right? It's going to start small, and then obviously grow with time. Um, the sushi the sushi vaults are working um, perfectly fine now. The curve vaults have been a little sporadic with the auto compounding, so um, we're we're working on a fix for like. So basically, the way it works is that you have this this auto compounding contract, and it's uh, we've talked about this in in AMA's about Cub Kingdoms, but. But essentially, anyone can call that that compounding function. But we have a server that will automatically call that function. So it, it sounds really centralized if you if you just look at it on the surface. But if you actually look at the contracts and how it works, like like Mitch or Neil or you know Wu or anyone here could literally go in and call the contract whatever they want. Um, but we just have a server that does it on a on a fixed schedule, um, and and essentially. Um, that we, what we're doing is, is working on a fix so that like the sushi ones are working on the perfect schedule that we've outlined. Um, and then the curve ones, we need to, we need to deploy a fix. So I'm thinking in the next 24 hours, or maybe like if you, if you give it 48 hours, I would say it's definitely going to be definitely going to be going on the correct schedule that's listed in the auto compounding. Um, so those are listed at 365. So obviously there's compound once a day. Right. And obviously, that's all tiny compared to actual polycub emissions, but uh, right. And we're in that early phase, like you said. You know, it's, yeah. polycub emissions are ridiculous. It's like three hundred percent. So it's um, yeah, and it's going to get more interesting to track that once polycub is more distributed. Yeah, Tony's saying he tried to call the compounding function, but it was uh, only the governing address could do it. So yeah, yeah. So it's not not just anybody can call that one on. Well, anybody can call code. it, but yeah, we're gonna we're actually moving that that um, compounding call to the time lock. So anyone will be able to call it once it's in the time lock. Okay, but you can call it on the sushi ones right now. That's the main the main thing. Gotcha. So uh, I think Tony tried to. If I I think I read his chat earlier. I I think they called the sushi ones and it worked fine. Yeah. I saw the but, chatter in general. I think. There were a lot of the talk was about the uh, stable pool, so it's probably curve that was the problem. But yeah. eventually, we'll get it all sorted. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there's, uh, I guess, we should uh, announce officially that um, you know, people who are still having API problems, there's now a website that you can go to to, you know, notify. FB slow with the address to make sure that gets updated. Yep. I saw some some chatter from from FB slow saying that there was some issue where, like, if you weren't in the Cub Kingdom already, 
uh, when Polycub launched, then it didn't pick up your address after the fact. So uh, that is being is being fixed or it has been fixed. I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah. But then there's this website that uh, is pinned in the Discord. Uh, yeah, it's been fun to deal address, with a lot uh, of these. Slow down <laughs> yeah, it's been fun to deal with a lot of these small API issues. So yeah. we're getting it sorted though with time. All the fun outliers. Yeah. yeah, just the things that you would never, like in, in all of the testing that we did, even with the curve vaults, things that you would never catch on a, on a small scale. But then once everybody starts using it, then you find all this stuff. So yeah. in the, yeah, live beta. In, in the scenario that we do this outpost idea, you know, someone needs to do a competition. Mitch, we need a competition for the, the name. For a name, outpost <laughs> isn't doing it for you. I'll tell you right now. I like um, outpost, but I think we could do better. I think I'm good with outpost. But we might also see if we can upgrade because I'm going to tell you right now, personally, I'm not feeling the pride thing. I don't know why. Yeah. Or launching cool, prides. But, what yeah. the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we could come up with something better. But I, I think in that scenario of us doing all these different these different expansions onto different blockchains, it's, uh, um, you know, with this launch, all the API issues and everything that we're working on, obviously, it, it all carries over to the next one. So I think that's cool. Well, so like I said, we're still far from the next launch. So I don't want anyone getting ahead of themselves asking the wins. Yeah, Polycub still got to become a success. I mean, we still the right. You know, the total value locks needs to double, if not triple, if not yeah. more. You know, the goal is twenty. Yeah. So what are we at now? Six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. And so triple plus a ways to go. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, Leo Marketing Blitz Week. We'll see what kind of impact that has. So yeah, Cal, you put out a post, uh, I think it was yesterday, yep. a week of marketing, tell us more. Yeah, so there's, uh, I'm really excited about all this stuff that we're doing because um, we've really never done, and, and I mean, even if you look at like Hive as a whole ecosystem, we've never done any sort of marketing in this like coordinated effort with all these different outlets. Um, so what, what we did is um, right, when, right before Polycub launched, um, we added a new team member um, and, and his job is, is head of business development. So basically his role on the team is to literally go out and talk to influencers, talk to these media outlets like Cointelegraph, um, gather lists of even like VC groups that we could talk to and just kind of connect with and tell them about Leo Finance and our whole ecosystem um, and the opportunities here and, and do all these different things and basically just create these lists. So if you look at that post, I, I included this chart of, of um, uh, so that's another thing is, is listings on these different DeFi apps. So if you look at that post, I included one of the charts he sent me, which is basically his status list on, on the DeFi listings. And he's got a similar status list for everything like influencers, DeFi lists, uh, PR outlets. And, uh, and, and essentially what we're doing is we're just going to every possible, every possible news outlet, every possible uh, DeFi listing, every possible influencer that, that is uh, that is worth kind of kind of taking our time and, and potentially capital to invest in in marketing and and basically creating lists of of what could be good what what maybe isn't good and and we're basically going to them and figuring out what we can do to market Polycub and make it you know basically get in front of as many people as possible and I, I think it's really cool to see all of this stuff come together because we've like I said we've never done it before so. Um, it's been very costly so far, but I think it's going to, I think it's going to pay off because we haven't seen a single PR yet. So, um, you know, this week we're going to see a lot of those PRs come out and I think it's going to be, 
I, I think it's going to change everything um, for for the whole ecosystem. Obviously, it's it's all all the PRs are targeted at Polycub because that's the thing, like that's the onboarding thing right now. Right. And uh, and we're going to bring all the attention through Polycub, and I think it's going to spill over into everything else as well. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of that attention coming to Polycub is going to be is going to be interesting. Our community has never seen like an explosive like like an explosive coordinated effort to get people on. I think with, with Cub, we saw an explosive um, attraction um, in terms of obviously the TVL of Cub went over 20 million at one point. And, uh, and we saw this kind of explosive growth on Cub without a coordinated marketing effort. Um, and, and I'm just kind of curious to see if we can, if we can create, and, and also what we're doing, you know, kind of leaning into that outpost idea a little bit more all these lists and PRs that we're doing, we're tracking the data of how they work and, and, you know, how they perform. And on the next launches, we'll just keep, keep going back to the ones that worked and we'll just keep doing PRs. We'll say here, here's a PR about Avalanche Cub and we'll have the PRs all ready before the launch even happens. So um, everything, I mean, that goes to everything we do as a whole team is that it just constantly gets better with everything that we do. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see how it all, how it all plays out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for anybody who hasn't looked at that at that post on Leo Finance, there are some links in there to go and vote on those other platforms for listings and things like that. Make sure you do that. Uh, DBank got uh, listed this morning, which is amazing because yep. that's what I use. <laughs> so, uh, you know, on um, if if you use DBank, you know, you connect your wallet and it lists everything you have on basically any EVM. Uh, so Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, and and Polygon and Midas and Boba and Phantom and you know whatever else, um, and it and it and it um, it aggregates everything for you and it gives you a number at the top. And since it picked up Polycub, my number went way up, <laughs> which was <laughs> which was good to see. Uh, Somehow I do it manually in my spreadsheets, you know. Um, so uh, so make sure you vote for for those listings on all those different platforms. Um, we got uh, CoinStats, Hello Next, uh, Delta, .app Zapper, Zerion, and that's it from that list. So uh, yeah, just let them know that we want Polycup listed. Yep. And it took, you know, I did it yesterday. It took me all, you know, three minutes to do for all Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a big help. I think um, definitely don't underestimate the, the power of being listed on all these different places. It all feeds <laughs> into each other. Um, so fool's asking, is there a spot to check the, the liquidity balance uh, on Polygon scan or whatever? The protocol and liquidity? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're actually going to add a, um, on the bonding page, you're going to be able to see all the, so kind of, kind of take the framework of the X Polycub page and we're going to build that out for the protocol and liquidity. So it's going to have, um, you know, it's going to have all those metrics like risk free value, protocol and liquidity. Um, you know, even the yield that the protocol and liquidity is bringing in at the moment. So it's going to be, you'll be able to track all of those, all those metrics. I'd love to get some charts in, which we may do at some point. I would love to get like a historical chart so you can see it go. Yeah. You can uh, see H number go up. HEC uh, on Phantom, they have a really good dashboard of charts if you want to steal something. I'd love to steal. <laughs> what is that? What is that saying? You know, good artists create and great artists steal. Good artists copy, great artists steal. Yeah. Good artists yeah. create. Picasso. Great artists replicate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Everything sounds better when it rhymes. 
Yeah. Yeah. No need to reinvent the wheel on that. Those dashboards do exist. <clears throat> I mean, crypto embraces that all day. Look at play to earn games. Almost every successful play to earn game is just the recreation of a non-blockchain game tweaked a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Same thing would happen with the apps. I mean, you saw that with, uh, what is, uh, does it Candy Crush? One of them was basically just Tetris. Oh, oh and uh, the Words Were Friends. Words Were Friends was basically like Scrabble. Yeah. I'm like, how did they never get sued? <laughs> they never called it Scrabble. Apparently. But uh, yeah, that's there, there's definitely uh, plenty of inspiration, let's say. Yes. <clears throat> um, you know, is there, is there, I mean, obviously we are, what day is, it's like week day 10 or 11 of Polycap, so um, still pretty volatile um, pricing, uh, marketing scope, press releases and everything going out this week. Uh, API issues are getting fixed. Um, the bonding is coming. Would, would, were you, would you be willing to say bonding is coming this week? Um, no. Okay. I'd like to think so. I'd like would, to think so. You'd like to think so. It's, right, it's not right now, a definitive it's just UI. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, right now it's just about building onto UI. Okay. So let's see. Um, is there anything else you want to make sure we cover on Polycup before we move on to other stuff? Um, no, I, I would say I'd say keep a, keep an eye out for all these this marketing and PRs and and when they do happen, talk about them. Make it maybe you know, if you write content on Leo Finance, write write a post about the PRs and talk about it and link to it. Um, if you are on Twitter, share them. Um, you know, Facebook, share them. LinkedIn, share them. Everywhere, just share them everywhere. And uh, Reddit, everything. Uh, obviously, we you know, doing PRs and spending, spending money and having a budget on, on doing all this different stuff is, is important. And, and we've done, we've taken that step of doing the PRs, paying for them, everything. But then the real power of our community is the fact that we have a community already. And uh, a lot of projects that do PRs don't have any community. So the way that you can, you know, it, it's kind of like you can, you can, uh, you know, you can throw a pebble and, and make it go so far. But if you, you know, if you, put a pebble in a shotgun and shoot it it's going to go a lot farther than than with your arm i don't know if that's a good analogy but okay. um essentially what i'm saying is amplify amplify the marketing because because it's it's great to put out prs and do marketing on our own but but what's really going to take it to that to that explosive level is is amplifying what's already there so spread like wildfire yes yeah so you know a single a single power ranger is powerful but combine all the power rangers and what do you get so, so here's a, uh, a suggestion, and maybe maybe this is in Kat's department. Uh, you know, if a given piece of marketing goes out, then you can have a contest for best uh, amplification. You know, uh, you know, retweeting and sharing on Facebook and and writing about it on Leo Finance, and then you know, doing all it's that. like the uh, a lot of the NFT projects do. They do like they'll give away an NFT for you know people that retweet and tag like three friends and so on and so forth yeah all that stuff uh and you know we have we have leo we have uh you know able to to distribute you know the cub and poly cub is a little bit more uh fixed but uh but leo we can swing around not a bad idea for a contest you know yeah x amount of leo for 
the first whatever x amount of people that you know retweet yeah. the whatever post you know coin desk coin telegraph and tag you know three people yep things like that give upvotes um yeah so i wanted to make sure that we didn't lose a previous question um from roland for roly rob um is asking about the your perspective on the tokenomic impact of the launch of ideos on cub and and polyco and then what when ideo number two <laughs> <laughs> um i think the ideo model is still very cool and very interesting um so if anyone doesn't know about it. Um, the IDO model that we created, essentially, um, actually, the first IDO model we created was IDO number one. That's that's the IDO model that was used. Um, and and basically, what that what that was is that people would stake Cub into the IDO, and um, or, or wasn't it was Cub USD? So you would stake Cub USD LP tokens. It was kind of like honestly, it was kind of like bonding um, in a way, and you would stake Cub USD into into the in basically into the ido contract and in exchange you would get the ido token um out to you so then the team that did the ido would get the busd part of your cub usd bond or, or ido deposit and then the the cub portion would get completely burned so with ido number one i think it had a very positive impact for cub um, obviously in the short term it, it hurt the price just because of general sentiment in my opinion um about the way the ido performed but but the the model we created and and the idea behind it was was still not not flawed in that um, you know the the whole point was that you burn a huge chunk of cub all at once um, and that that obviously happened uh, I don't remember how much cub was burned it was it was a lot of cub though significantly more than had been burned just from fees and and other methods um, so so kind of kind of taking that and what we realized with with that idea we we created the IDO V2 model. Um, and that is what is going to be used for IDOs two, three, four, five, six. Um, and and essentially um, it's it's going to be where you you basically you you basically deposit cub and it's going to pair cub with their with the IDO token and it's going to create a new farm. Um, so especially for IDO number two, it's going to create a new farm on their platform. And then we'll create a kingdom that farms on their farm. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting because it creates continuous uh, demand for Cub. So what you're doing is through that IDO and, and that launch of their farm on their platform with their rewards being used for it, um, their rewards will be sold and auto compounded back into the Cub position. So it's basically like creating this continuous demand for Cub. And if you could imagine a future where we do a couple of IDOs like that, um, I think it could be, it could be very impactful. Um, so obviously, you know, and with Cub, I actually just recorded a podcast this morning uh, with with uh, Leah, girl, girl gone crypto, um, talking about Polycub and, and everything that we're doing. So, um, one of the things I was talking about a little bit was um, this idea that you know, and, and she she asked this question: What makes Cub different and Polycub different than than other DeFi platforms? And I kind of framed it up as being two things. The first is that we kind of have like this social DeFi setup where we're like first we're a social community. Second, we're, we're doing all this DeFi stuff. So you kind of have, when you combine social and DeFi, you kind of have this interesting dynamic where people can talk to each other and learn. And, and I think we all kind of learn together about a lot of different stuff with Polycub and ex-Polycub um, and how it all worked. Um, 
that's kind of like the first differentiator. The second is that you've got this continuous development where we're kind of continuously shifting the direction that everything's going in. Um, and we're always looking, we're always looking ahead to what can be done to make the platform more sustainable and more attractive. Um, and with Cub, we started out, so I, I said we started out as, you know, last year in March, we started out as a simple yield farming app, like every other DeFi platform out there. And what we did was we migrated from a simple farming app to launching kingdoms, which are cross composable yield, uh, yield contracts, which essentially just let you deposit tokens into the vaults. And then those vaults deposit those tokens on other platforms like SushiSwap or uh, PancakeSwap. And they earn those platform rewards and, and bring those rewards back into the ecosystem. So it's, it's a method of value capture um, of continuous, um, excuse me, of continuous value capture. And that, that's kind of the whole idea of, of getting more sustainable. So as soon as we launched Kingdoms, Cub became a lot more sustainable. Um, then over time, obviously, we, we continued to develop stuff and we came out with IDOs. Um, and then more recently, we've done the bonding contracts and, and those will get released on Cub soon as well. A lot of people forget that we're doing those on Cub um, and Polycub. Um, so the, those bonding contracts are ready. And then obviously, UI will be, will be ready soon. And then we'll, we'll release all of that stuff. Um, and then you've got obviously this outpost idea, which is the more recent one, which is, you know, that you can expand to all these different blockchains and feed all that value back into Cub and Leo. Um, and, and through Cub, you're feeding that value through airdrops. Through Leo, you're feeding that value through new farms on new blockchains with new versions of Wrapped Leo and, uh, and creating more liquidity out there. And then that longer term idea of Leo Bridge takes hold. So for Leo, it, it becomes like this whole expansionary idea. Um, so everything's kind of, that's the way I just kind of framed it is that everything's kind of interconnected. So, you know, the value, the value of what IDOs bring is, is that it's just one more mechanic for burning cub, one more value add to the system. Um, so any, any, any mechanic that we can add that, that pulls value, that accrues value for the system, that's what we're going to be aiming for. And now with protocol and liquidity on polycub and, and soon on cub, um, it's going to be very it's going to be very interesting to see how it how it plays out where we can we can say okay one of our main goals is just to build this protocol on liquidity um to build sustainability in the long run um so it, it it's changed we're, we've changed the game so many times and now the game changes again with with bonding and all these these outposts okay um was you know i don't think you hit this in your explanation but is there any timeline or anything on the idea number two for code not right now. Focus on Polycup. Okay. And uh, and remind me, I, soon. IDEO number two was a new uh, decentralized swap platform on Binance Smart Chain, right? Yeah, they're essentially building a fork of BuySwap, um, which is kind of an interesting pancake swap-ish type of platform with referral LPs and, and all sorts of mechanics that are that are pretty interesting on their own. I know that they're looking to do a big like i don't know when it comes to amms like what you need is is seed liquidity um what you need is um you know it, it, there's no point in building a swap platform that has no liquidity so um what they're going to be trying to do and and from what i've what i've heard from them is that um just going out and getting a ton of a ton of seed capital raised um you know, tens of millions of dollars. So we'll, we'll kind of see where they land. Um, but, but yeah.
they, I, I told them they were going to launch back in, I don't even know, like back in October or something. And I, we were so close to Polycub that I, I said, let's wait a little bit. And then, uh, and then it ended up turning into a thing where now they want to wait and build their own liquidity. So let's do it. Yeah. Happens, but, yeah well, between, but I'm focused on the, what? Between October and now the market's tanked. So <laughs> right. That could be a factor. Yeah, absolutely. I like the fact that they're uh, looking to build their own liquidity though. Yeah. Bring liquidity to the platform. Yes, please. 100%. Definitely. And that's something too, when we do, you know, obviously with Polycub and then whatever the next one is, Phantom or, you know, Avalanche, you know, one of the big goals is, and part of the marketing probably helps is taking existing liquidity that's on that blockchain and bringing it in to the Leo product. You know what I mean? As, yeah. as opposed to liquidity just, jumping from one jumping. project to the next yeah and and we kind of saw that play out a little bit i i've seen a couple people tracking the tvl of kingdoms versus uh, or sorry of, of cub versus uh polycub and uh and the um the cub tvl didn't decrease as much as i think most i think most people thought it would be like a binary uh, yeah you know a, a, a zero-sum game where it was like you know if the tvl on on Polycub is 5 million, then the TVL on, on Cub went down 5 million. Um, and, uh, and I think, uh, I think it was just surprising to a lot of people that it actually just expanded. So, yeah. Um, well, I can yeah. tell you that I claimed my, my Polycub airdrop this morning and it was less than it was yesterday. So people are staking Cub in order to get their share of that, uh, of that airdrop. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's definitely been competitive lately. I, I, there's been a lot of volatility in the in the cub price um so yeah well yeah the, uh, the tvl held pretty steady the first i remember i think we might have even talked about it on last tuesday's ama because we were basically you know three days in and it was i think like 11, around 11 and change and then it was 10 and change so a marginal move given everything that you know was on polycub and then obviously yeah. there was that unfortunate price drop so that impacts the tvl so sure you got to kind of offset that but um yeah it held up well at least the first three days that's what i was mainly mainly, mainly tracking it yeah. uh my free btc is asking can you tell us how much is in the protocol on liquidity right now um good question and he also asked about the a page to check that. I told him, you know, you've already covered that. And the answer is yes, it's coming. Oh, if there is a page? Yeah, the answer is soon. <laughs> um, I don't think this is going to be super accurate, though, because of the curve vaults either. I think we're looking at about 30,000 now and the way, and, and obviously the protocol and liquidity works in different ways, but um, it works by accruing polycub as well as those management fees. And then also then you've got the bonding. So the bonding is like that explosive value that comes in. The management fees will just keep accruing. So yeah. um, I actually think it's long, long looking long-term it's, it's uh it's going to be a lot more interesting because obviously those management fees will always come in. So that, that protocol on liquidity is always growing. Um, right. Yeah. The kind of um, in that more sustainable way. The, uh, the management fees on the kingdoms is just going to be a, an incremental grind over time. The bonds are mm -hmm. going to be just huge chunks coming in 
you know, periodically. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, I, when I think when the bonding goes live, it, it'll the the protocol on liquidity is going to surprise a lot of people. I think. I think it'll uh, a lot of people. Crypto Lemon is asking: DeFi projects are doing very well, Polycup slash Cub, but our competitive advantage was based on being a Web three social platform. Don't you think we could be valued in the dozens of millions if we had just entirely focused on Leo Finance slash Leo Mobile as Web three is getting hot? I think if you look at everything as a kind of like a zero sum game where it's like, okay, everything is just a trade off of another thing, then that makes sense. But I, I think we take a more, more of a expansionary approach where if we can build all these, all these things in parallel um, simultaneously, that's where the, that's kind of where that real value will be achieved. Um, and, you know, and, and I did talk about that on that podcast I did today with, with Leah. It, it was the, the idea is that with Leo Finance, we're building this Web3 ecosystem. And to me, Web3 is more than just being social media. Um, and I think that's very important because, um, you know, the, the entire idea of Web3 is that you have, you have access, you have unlimited, essentially the, the idea of Web3 is unlimited access, abundant opportunities, right? And that's, that's what we're, our driving, our driving mission is uh, to expand the depth and width of the Leo Finance ecosystem. So what that means is we need to go deep and we need to build more value for the people that are already here. So, you know, um, if you look at Hive, it, it has only ever really done the social layer thing. And that's really cool. And, and it's an amazing, it, it's an amazing thing what Hive has achieved and what even Leo Finance has uh, on the high blockchain with, with all the social features. Um, that being said, you know, Hive has kind of reached an apex in terms of its social, you know, what it, what it grabs in terms of social, uh, social users. Then you look at something like Splinterlands, which is built on Hive, and how many users they brought in um, to the Hive ecosystem by not doing anything related to, to social media. Um, and, and I think that's kind, of, that's kind of the key thing to focus in on is that if you build that that widening um, set of use cases, you can you can pull in different users and more users and and diverse more and more diverse groups. So, I, I I think I think if you look at everything in kind of that small echo chamber, then then yeah, you can make the argument that just focus on one or two products and you'll be better off. If you look at things in a more expansionary mindset, um, you know I, I love Tesla. You look at the way Tesla is doing. Um, things like, uh, you know, charging stations and, and solar, solar panels on roofs and, um, and, and obviously all these different things. And, and uh, you know, it, it all kind of encompasses into an ecosystem. And, and I think that's what we're building. Um, so provided that the team keeps expanding and there's more people to work on all this stuff, I think that it's not, as long as you're not pulling, you're not pulling one person to pull on, uh, to work on, you know, different things and, and kind of pulling them in too many different directions. But then you, really bring in all these different users and that's kind of the key. I like it. Um, yeah, and I mean, when, when you think about it, the um, Leo Finance is, you know, where we get together. We talk about, when we talk about TradFi, you know, traditional finance stuff a little bit, but it's mostly about crypto, right? And, you know, a big part of crypto is DeFi. <laughs> so it, it does make a relational type sense to, uh, to incorporate that into the Leo world. Uh, we got uh, when Leo Bridge, and I, I think that's between BSC and Polygon. Is that is that up and running or not yet? Or what's going on there? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, the contracts are all up and running. So if anyone wants to push through manual transactions, they're welcome to. Um, if you, uh, obviously on the UI, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, so I think, um, you know, I really want to get the UI to a point where it's, it's um, it, it, and Mitch has talked about a lot of this type of stuff where it's, where it's extremely easy to use and follow your transaction across the chains um, and things aren't getting stuck. And, and uh, I, I used, I actually used multi-chain uh, which was which was used to be any swap uh, recently, and I and I think their UI is awesome. It just kind of shows you very easily how everything works. So, um, you know, for Leo Bridge, that's that's kind of what we're trying to do right now. And there's funds in the hot wallets, and there's gas in the hot wallets, all ready to go. Yep. Yeah. Everything's ready to go. Um, we've done we've done a couple of transactions, and it's it's working well. Okay. Um, back to Polycub. Uh, any idea what the bonding assets are going to be? Yeah, so obviously the first one is going to be Polycub USDC, um, and then the second one is going to be Polycub Weep. I think those are pretty uh, pretty obvious. And then from there, it's going to be a lot of the assets that you see, for example, in the kingdoms. So it's going to be like WBTC, uh, Weep. Um, so so essentially, just kind of look at it like that. Like like why not pick the same assets that are already in the in the platform? Um, so uh, basically just expect to see those two polycub farms and then uh, either, you know, one or all of the kingdoms. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is an argument to be made to, to accept other assets that aren't already, you know, staked in polycub, you know, to get uh, an uncorrelated type of yield uh, yeah. into, the, into the treasury. I think it would be cool you know, obviously I'm a Thorchain fanboy. I think it'd be cool to have like a rune bond. Um, so we'll see. Not at launch, but, uh, you know, not when bonds launch, but but at some point I think it's, I think it's very possible. Yeah. Because obviously you just want to pull in that, like you were saying, you want to pull in that diversified yield. And if we can go to Thorchain and earn, right now you can earn like 45% APY on, on rune BUSD. So, um, you know, if you can go to Thorchain and earn, you know, 15 to 45%, APY completely, you know, independent of even the Polygon blockchain. That, that's pretty cool to me. So, yeah. And, and just the last couple of weeks, Rune has been on fire. So that's been, that's been nice. I'm actually back to break even from like when I inputted my LP position back in 20, in May of 2021, uh, up another 2% today. Uh, <laughs> when, when project blank? Soon. Right, I actually see. talked about Project Blank on the podcast today. Oh yeah, nice. Oh yeah, that's, that's I said, uh, yeah. It's uh, well, I just she asked what projects I'm most excited about because I was talking about the team size and how it's grown and how we have so many different developers now and and what I'm most excited about in the future for for our ecosystem and, and Project Blank was uh, one of my top ones. Yeah, that's definitely what I'm most excited about. I mean, I like all the DeFi. So I felt like, you know, it's been very profitable for me. I'm happy about that. Um, the revised sociology saying is falling out of love with room. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Project Blank is is my killer app uh, for the new universe, uh, at least in my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So um, Kat, have you been looking at Facebook at all? Because I have not. <laughs> I was on it earlier, but didn't seem to be any activity, so okay. I dropped off. I mean, I could double check again. Yeah, it's just, just to I'm be sorry, I got distracted. 
um, you know, now that, now that um, you know, YouTube is it's still offline, it's uh, you know, less, less windows to check. Um, any, any yeah, updates? Yeah, I on actually, that? yeah, I, I mean, YouTube or Google is just impossible to deal with, but um, I'm, I'm still hopeful that we'll get that back at some point. Um, but in the meantime, I decided to, to just start a, another channel just to kind of start building it up again. Um, and this one is going to be branded cow. So it's going to be more like a personal, personal brand type of channel, because if we do get the Leo finance channel back, I, I still want to keep kind of a separate, um, separate thing going on. So, um, you mean, you, you know, know having a cow channel, what about just creating a channel called Leo world, Leo world, you could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I think it's kind of interesting to have the Cal channel then have Leo Finance because I, I think it's less likely that they'll ban like a personal branded channel. Maybe, maybe not. They <laughs> Google does, does what Google wants. Yep. Yep. If only there were a decentralized <laughs> platform. Correct. That people used. That's what That people used and operated as quickly as YouTube. Mm-hmm because some of those other platforms have not been an enjoy to use, very enjoyable to use. Yeah. I'm glad that we have a lot of our content. You know, I'd say like more than, more than half of the content is also posted to three speak. Nice. So I am glad that, that there is a place where if you wanted to go see some of those older videos, you can. Yeah, but for yeah, sure. This makes, makes the case for, for web three even better. Yeah. So. You know, it's, it's just the, um, Obviously, you know, YouTube and Twitter and all these all these Web2 platforms have, you know, years of first mover advantage over Web3 stuff. So it's going to be a lot of catch up for um, yep. for that shift happens where the users are there on the Web3. But, uh, you know, uh, like we see, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't want to get political on this, but we saw in the last week that, uh, you know, so I'm not sure who said it which side acted first but like facebook was <laughs> facebook was um either either they pulled out of russia or russia banned them i don't know which happened first um and then they said well it's okay now to because like calls for violence are against terms of service there but as of last week if you call for violence against russia that's okay <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know how many times, uh, you know, in the in the future we'll see entire countries get cut off of social media networks. Um, but you know, at a certain point, you have to, like, you as an individual, you have to wonder. It's like, well, do I really want to participate in this thing where people can just turn it off? Um, you know, so, and it doesn't affect me this time, but maybe it could next time. Right. You know, a lot of that doesn't happen until it's already affected you, but. Eh. I think some fraction of people will see like the bigger picture. Um, and then they can turn to decentralized solutions where, you know, you can't be turned off. So um, like, uh, e- even though, you know, on a community like Leo, you can be muted and, you know, you can, um, you can no longer earn rewards in Leo if, you know, if the, the central-ish power says so. But you can still post the blockchain. That can't be stopped. Yeah. And you could, yeah. uh, I was actually in another chat, I was talking last week how it would be fun for Hive to build a UI 
that does all the blood display, just like you know, Leo Finance or PKD or ECC or any of those, but only of downloaded content. <laughs> so just to kind of flip everything on its head. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's one of those things that's going to be a cultural shift over time. Uh, anyway, uh, I know Cub holdings have an effect on PolyCub claim drops. Uh, some people are also talking about either ex-PolyCub or PolyCub holdings may also have an effect on the next claim drop. Is that the case? Um, no. So the so the way we've designed everything is that it, even if you look at the docs from that were originally created for Cub. Cub is the base layer, and I said this in, I don't know, two AMAs ago or something. Um, Cub is the base layer of our DeFi stack. So with all these different platforms, um, you know, provided PolyCub, you know, let's take a look at PolyCub, you know, two months after launch and, and see how it's looking. And um, all these other platforms are going to airdrop value back to Cub holders because Cub is the base layer of that stack. And actually long-term, we haven't really talked about this that much, but long-term, the Cub emissions rate is going to start dropping off the same way that PolyCub did. Um, but obviously, first, we want to do bonding. We're kind of like backdating a lot of these features back into Cub. And uh, and obviously, we need to get the bonding in. We need to build the protocol and liquidity. And then we'll start dropping off that emissions rate. But the airdrop, the airdrops will always go back to Cub holders because Cub is the base layer. All of these outposts are designed and Mitch doesn't like my name for it, but they're all designed to be self-sustaining bases on other blockchains. Um, and and that's, the, the that's not even point, a name. That's like a. That's I don't like even recall paragraph. recall hating on that. So the tagline, it's a tagline. Um, so it's a, it, they're all self-sustaining bases on other blockchains, and the and the whole point of that is, uh, you know, they each each one. And like I said before, the holding Polycub should mean that five years from now, you you hold Polycub and X Polycub five years from now you log in and you're looking at it and it's like, oh, the price just keeps going up over time, like Bitcoin and you're earning, you know, yield that yield might be 15%. It might be 50% paid from that protocol on liquidity uh, APY. And, uh, and that's kind of the vision for Polycub and all the other outposts or self-sustaining bases on other blockchains. It's not designed that you should get an airdrop for each platform. It's it, that is the way that Cub's designed. Cub is meant, you could look at Cub as being a launch pad now. Um, it's the base layer. We distributed it widely through APY and yield over the last year uh, and, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Um, and you can look at it as, as the launch pad for IDOs and for all these outposts. And that is kind of the, the vision going forward. And then we're also obviously doing bonding and, and, and integrating all these other features back into Cub as well. Yeah. Um, I like it. So, by so, well, no official minor recommendations, but if you have come, I'd suggest that you. <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, Jux is saying, Can you do a TLDR bonding? Well, you can you can review the earlier when this gets posted, <laughs> the uh, the earlier chat on that. But basically, you have assets, you sell them to the protocol, you get paid. A you know, how much you get paid will vary with market conditions. And you can decide whether to do that or not. Yes. Exactly. See first 30 minutes of AMA. Yeah. Uh, so unless you got more questions uh, lingering, because I wanted to circle back to actually when we were talking about XPoly and the impacts of that versus um, you know the pools. Yeah, go for it. All right, cool. So I mean, we talked about XPoly in terms of like 
everyone understanding it and it clicking and, you know, kind of wishing we would got in sooner and all that. But the opposite was, I know the amount of liquidity in the farms and kingdoms is maybe not what would be desired. Um, and that's obviously because the X poly play is so good right now. So um, I guess I want to talk about the flip side of that, how, um, what was learned from that, you know, for going forward. That's a great question. Um, so we've been talking obviously in discord chat, you know, in, in our private chats and in general chat um, about the launch and, and bonding and, and the liquidity pools and how much liquidity there is. Um, I know, you know, me and Neil have been talking a lot about it and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of conversations about how the value prop is, is so high for X Polycub that there's such little liquidity. You know, the, the entire platform has 600,000 in liquidity for Polycub pairs. Um, obviously that that's good, but it, it needs to be a lot higher. Um, and I, I think at this stage of cub launching, it had like $2 million of liquidity, something around there. So it's obviously a big difference. We need more. There's very little, there's very little capital being thrown into those two farms. Um, it's, it's all just getting staked as a polycub, which I think is bullish for, for polycub in a lot of ways, but uh, it, we still need liquidity. So that's why we're seeing a lot of uh, price volatility right now too, because there's, you know, if, if you were to buy or sell $5,000 worth of of polycub, I think that's about like a two and a half, three percent price impact, which is, which is really high for such a small amount. Um, so, so what we need to see is more capital flow into those farms. So I think, I think what we're going to see is that right now it's all competitive, right? Even like the bonding and and pooling is all competitive. So, so many people are staking X polycub. The APY is going to keep dropping over time, and then that value prop, the trade off between staking X polycub and, and going into one of the two farms is eventually going to be a, a flipping on its own. I think right now staking X polycub is still like over 4,000% APY or something. If you include the, uh, the early harvesting penalties. Um, so, so kind of keeping that in mind, I think long-term it'll work itself out. Basically. I think the system will rebalance itself um, in, in, you know, what we learned for future launches with this model is that we should do some sort of bonding um, surrounding the actual launch. So allowing people basically to bond in at a fixed price um, before, before, basically before everything goes live, because then like, let's say, for example, we let, we let bonding happen where you can bond like USDC on, uh, you know, Avalanche or Phantom, you can, you can basically bond USDC or, or Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever. And um, you can, you can bond that into the system and then those bonds are going to actually be used by the protocol to create protocol on liquidity before the launch even happens. So then you've got, like, let's say, let's say for Avalanche Cub, we do a million dollar bond uh, surrounding the launch. Um, so, you know, up to a million dollars can be bonded in at a fixed price of $1 per Avalanche Cub. Um, and with that million dollars with a bond, 500,000 gets split into the, into the one uh, Avalanche Cub pool. And then the other 500,000 gets put into the other avalanche pool, avalanche cub pool. And, and that is protocol and liquidity from the jump of a million dollars, which is obviously hugely important for the platform in the long run and important uh, in the short run for having that, that massive liquidity up front. Um, and especially considering, considering that and then considering that we're also going to do all this marketing leading up to the launch and have all these PRs ready to go out you know, when the launch actually goes live, you know, the day of launch. I think it's going to be extremely important to have that deep liquidity so that people can get in without the price going 
to $15 or $5, like we even saw with Polycub. Um, so I think that's going to be extremely important. I like it. I yeah, I like the uh, the uh, the bonding to create liquidity before launch idea. Is I'm a fan. Um, yeah, me too. It's it's effectively a presale, uh, but one that creates you know liquidity. A lot of presales. Um, I you know I did a lot of in in DeFi summer. I did a lot of presale stuff, and a lot of it like you would you'd be paying, um, you know whatever team you. you was was doing the pre-sale you'd be paying them but only a certain percentage would end up in liquidity for the actual tokens and sometimes there's a high percentage sometimes there's a low percentage and then the rest would go to like the team or marketing or whatever so it's um having a hundred percent of it you know at the protocol level go into um into liquidity is, is attractive um, yeah and i don't i don't really believe in pre-sales for a lot of different reasons. One, one big one is that you basically let certain groups, especially whales, get a huge stake um, ahead of everybody else and you let them get it at a super cheap price and then uh, they obviously can just dump it on everyone else. Um, I think that's that's happened with a lot of a lot of different tokens. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of pre-sales. So for, for us, I think the key is that we're doing this protocol bond where where it's not it's not a pre-sale and it's um, obviously you, you just have this bond and, and anyone can participate in the bond and and uh, you're not interacting with you know a lot of these different teams they just take this pre-sale idea and they they just raise a bunch of liquidity and then they disappear a month later or something um, so so what we're doing instead is is releasing the basically basically the platform launch will happen in multiple stages and this is just kind of what we're mapping out right now is that the first stage of the launch is going to be to launch the bonding page and then all the other pages will be locked so that essentially the launch happens where that let, let's say on a, let's say on a monday the bonding page goes live the plat so like let's just use avalanche cub avalanche cub goes live on monday and what that means is that every page is locked except for the bonding page you go to the bonding page and you can bond whatever's there um and it has that fixed roi there um then say two or three days after that bond starts, maybe 48 hours after there's a countdown and then all the farms open um, and all the kingdoms open. And then, you know, you've got the X staking opened as well. So you've kind of got the, the initial stage of the launch is the bonding and then, and then all the other pages are locked. And then as soon as um, the bonding ends, that's when that's the countdown for when um, the, the actual yield farming begins. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the interesting model that we're taking. Uh, you know, and people are saying, you know, a big need for education, tutorials, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, all that. But you know, there is there is a platform where you can you can earn crypto by sharing information. <laughs> it's called LeoFinance.io. You can make a tutorial. Well, and, you, and you might get upvotes. You know, who knows? I, might get big know, upvotes if you're making tutorials. This is true, and it goes back to also, I mean scour leo finance so to speak for people essentially posting tutorial like posts but also you know that's why when search feature on leo finance um because then you know you could just search specific you know, you know how to polycub and i'm sure articles will come up with people showing you know how they went about staking things i mean obviously when cub DeFi launched i did some of those um videos basically recording like helping mike um i didn't do that with polycub um, but I saw plenty of other people putting stuff out. That was, that was helpful. And then also like 
read the docs. <laughs> I mean, the docs have a decent amount of information in there. I mean, it's not so, going to be your perfect step-by-step -step thing, but it's so like- So here's, here's the thing. Uh, I have noticed a tendency that if it's not the exact situation that applies to whoever's looking at it, it's not as effective. So I think it's important to have yes. uh, tutorials like, okay, if you have never installed MetaMask for, before, this is what you do. If you have, somebody was saying uh, they were using Trust Wallet and they're having issues connecting to Polygon at all because it's a Binance product. Um, I, don't, you know, I don't know what the answer is to that. Uh, but so have, having all the different tutorials with all the different permutations of like, oh, if you've never, you know, uh, you know, if you've never, if you weren't already in an LP, then you have to approve it, and then you have to, you know, submit, you know, whatever it is. So, uh, just having all those different variations is is helpful. Um, and then uh, maybe have like a wizard on the front end saying, you know, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have the other thing? And then it puts you in the right tutorial. Which would be, uh, really that's cool. like that's a like a platform in itself. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, I think it, if anyone's familiar with something called Intercom, I think it'd be very interesting to do. Um, do something where um, there's a, because on intercom, you can basically put this little chat icon in the bottom right. Um, and you can say like, if you need assistance or something, I think it'd be cool to have an intercom there and then have say like 10 or 15 community members designated to, to watch that intercom and, and basically respond to people who ask questions. I think you're gonna get a lot of wins and stupid questions, but you'll, you'll have those 15 community members to spread out the, spread out the pain a little bit um so basically I think that could be really cool though yeah it would be awesome it's basically a upgraded and organized version of general chat <laughs> right because I mean, general chat basically is that is you know whoever happens to be online that yeah. you know is a little more experience asking answering questions usually answering the same question right right and, and i just want to point out that uh for anybody who's thinking about tagging me or scaredy cat we are not actually officially involved in Leo finance at all. We're not devs. We're <laughs> we not tech support. We can't do anything for you. We're all... just early investors that co-host an AMA. Please, please right. forward all of your tech support questions to Neil McSpadden. And How dare you, guy. sir? <laughs> uh, speaking of, you need to remove that uh, label from me because I get DM sometimes because people see like, I'm like got the tech support label or whatever it is. And I'm like, I have zero power to help you. <laughs> I was like, unless they have to ask something where like, I, I like it's something I personally know, but otherwise I'm just like, I am powerless. Yeah. Yeah. We can't yeah. push through anybody. So um, we're just fans. It has been, been great for us. We're just early investors that are trying to promote the project so we can be, we can be FU rich. <laughs> Since not all of us made good money on Splinterlands. Well, you know. <laughs> I tried. I tried to tell you. Nobody I messed up. I messed up. It's all good. I got my I got my chaos packs, and uh, I'm just gonna sit on those until they uh, double in, double in value for me. There you go. So, 2023, here we come. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of my point of view. I mean, we still got to yeah. still got to sell the packs, but yeah. I mean, anyway, I, I think uh, I think that'll work out for you. Yes. So, <laughs> diversification. Sometimes I'm diversified between. Cub and Polycub. There you go. <laughs> Two totally separate things. I actually, ironically, I just looked, I pulled up the D bank while we talked about it earlier uh, because I've been using the liquidity vision just to see like the exact uh, stuff for Polycub and obviously it lets you know, you know how much you put in and how much you're down. And so unfortunately, some ugly red, red numbers right now <laughs> from 
pulling Polycup early. Um, but uh, on D-Bank, obviously, it gives you everything. And I saw my Cup D5 to Polycup is about even in terms of total value that I've put on. So yeah, there's balance. I'm, I'm way ahead on, uh, way heavier on Polycup than I am on that's what most people did because you know that was where the money was at right now yeah but as as emissions decrease then maybe it goes back the other way maybe you stake more cubs to get more airdrop <laughs> the next thing yes well i even did that with my um stable pool you know i moved my entire if, originally i did half and then i'm like this is retarded these deals are crazy so i moved my entire stable pool actually over that was like the only thing i actually took away from cub and moved to polycub but as soon as the yields end up coming down to normalized levels and they're comparable to cub DeFi. I'm going to move half back over. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think there was another question in here. Um, did I lose it? Uh, well, Jux is asking, uh, he's got Matic waiting on finance to put into X polycub withdrawals have been disabled for a couple of days now. Keep any time. I think they're back online now. Heard that somewhere. Oh yeah. A lot of the exchanges were down because of the polycub problem. So they locked they shut down the wallets for a while. I haven't heard about if they're online yet or not. And and just remember, you know, when you have money on exchanges, not your keys, not your crypto. Rule for life. So you're subject to, you know, their whims. But uh yeah, I mean, do you guys keep much on exchanges? Because I keep nothing. Uh, I keep basically nothing. Yeah, just, you know, anything that needs to be moved around regularly. Obviously, a lot of the team salaries are paid through crypto. So a lot of times it's just easier to keep, you know, maybe like a month, a month's worth of, of things like that just to make it easier. Well, yeah, that makes sense. That but yeah, I'm in the same boat. I use it for a, I use it as a conduit, mainly for onboarding. Um, I have literally nothing sitting on exchanges yeah just on board and or on ramp and off ramp very little exactly (laughs) yeah i know at some point i'm like when am i going to start this off ramping and then i'm like oh taxes all right i'll pass (laughs) yeah um uh asking another way to get hive to polycom so the easiest way calamino which is not that's the easiest way to get Hive to Polycup is to buy, you know, take your Hive to Hive Engine at that layer, buy Leo, bridge it over to uh, Polygon Leo, P Leo, and then buy Polycup. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Buy Leo, wrap it to P Leo, and you're good. Yeah. Uh, there, there is an alternative with Hive Engine. You could actually buy Matic. There is a Matic pool and then withdraw it, but then you pay 1% withdrawal fee. Oh, that's right. They have Swapmatic. Yep. I haven't used uh, Hive Engine for uh, any of those features in terms of using like the swap uh, crypto tokens. Yeah, I mean they work. They're they're custodied by um, who is it? Um, totally blanking. Block trades. Not block trades. Oh. Um, it's on the it's on the page. Uh, that's gonna be. But anyway, the, you know, they hold custodial Matic and custodial uh, oh, gotcha. Ethereum and custodial. So now, 
if someone did that, so you're on Hive Engine, you swip, you switch to Swapmatic. Privix. Oh, Privix, yes. So how would you at that point that Swapmatic, like can you send that to your MetaMask? Like yeah. how would that work? Yeah, you just send Swapmatic. Okay. And it comes out as Matic less one percent. Gotcha. And at that point, then you have the Matic on your MetaMask and you can swap it on sushi into whatever you want. Right. Into obviously into Polycup. Yeah. And Blue Robo is pointing out Deathwing has his own bridge. Um, that is true. I forget the site for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's options. But yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of little services out there. I just say, and I find the info on the wiki. So this is the problem. <laughs> Finding this info is harder than it should be. And that, uh, that needs to be addressed. And Mike D saying slippage on Swapmatic is bad. Uh, okay, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's why I just stick with the uh, switch it to Leo and then wrap it. Yeah. And how much that's liquidity awesome. is on PLEO in Polygon? We got it's like 600, 700K. 634 right now. So a good deal more than whatever's on Tribal Decks for Matic. So when it comes to the wrapping and unwrapping, obviously, if you're going to unwrap uh, to check you know, liquidity, you just look at the like, you know, B Leo uh, account, obviously, for, you know, uh, unwrapping B Leo. For when you're wrapping, there's uh, a Binance Smart Chain address or obviously a Polygon address where you can check liquidity. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, you can check. Um, you can check the. Actually, it's the same address for all of them. Oh, is it? Well, anyway, my point of these que this question is, I think it would be smart to drop that address into the chat for people so they can have that on the ready because. At least in my opinion, it's good practice to anytime you're going to wrap, why not just click on the link and see if there's liquidity? Because if not, if you just happen to catch one of those chances of liquidity just got like crunched, then next thing you know, you're instead submitting a ticket and, you know, waiting to get refunded if it doesn't do it automatically. So, hey, what is a, um, uh, what's that old school saying, Neil? A uh, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of something. Of cure. Yeah. A pound of cure. So, absolutely. So, you know, simply taking three seconds to click on a link and verify this mm -hmm. liquidity. Yep. Yeah, um, and, and the new Leo Bridge UI will have all the liquidity figures, kind of like the same way that multi-chain has it. Oh, nice. Yeah, which yeah. shows output balance, and you can, you can swap up to that amount. <laughs> which brings up a great topic. I don't know if you guys read um, Addicted's post talking about uh, multi-chain and, like, their fake liquidity token and how that could be awesome for the Leo bridge. Yeah. And I actually yeah. totally agree with that because I didn't realize that about multi-chain until about a week ago. I think it was actually Walter who um, you know, oh, did a transaction. Any USDC instead of- yeah. yeah. Yeah, if there's no liquidity, like you're like, what happened to my transaction? They basically turn you into liquidity and then you wait until as soon as liquidity is there, like you're first in line. So he kind of figured that out because he had a transaction that didn't work for like whatever it was, like 12 hours or something. And then I was like, oh, I didn't realize they did that. Because usually I'll just wait. I'll look to see if there's liquidity. And if there's not, then I won't do anything. And I'll just right. come back. Um, so I never had that experience. But that was kind of rather genius. And, you know, uh, Addicted kind of broke down the mechanics of it um, and how it uh, is, uh, creates a better value for those swapping. This, I think, uh, you know, ends up creating less slippage and less cost. Yeah, I, that happened to me once a long time ago with, uh, with any swap. But um 
yeah, I mean, it's it's handy. But I mean, you're you're better off just like you said, looking and making sure that your transaction is going to succeed. Which yeah, which kind of goes back to the ounce of prevention is worth a, a pound of cure. Yeah, and uh, and also I was just looking at the at the Matic pool on uh, on tribal decks, and it's only got sixty three thousand in it. So for any kind of size, you're way better off wrapping your Leo than you are. Uh, withdrawing or buying Matic on travel decks and withdrawing. Yes. If it's 10 bucks, then yeah, maybe it doesn't make that big a difference. Um, can one of you guys drop the, uh, the address to check liquidity? I don't, I never, I never remember to save it. Yeah. I always end up searching for it, yeah. but I would have dropped yeah. it, but I just don't have it handy. You have to ask Vukal. So, but just, you know, for anyone listening to the audience, it's good to snag that address, put, you know, save it. And then you know, anytime you're gonna wrap, uh, anytime you're gonna wrap, you can uh, see. So if we go to that link right now, we see that there is there's a whole bunch of spam tokens. In here. <laughs> there's two hundred seventy thousand Pleo, so you could swap or you could bridge up to that amount, and then swap in the um, in the pool. Although 270,000, that's a lot uh, for any one user. I don't know if anybody yeah. actually has that much. Only maybe three or four people. Yeah. I'm not holding. Where, where, why am I not seeing this? Where are you? Where, uh, you got to go into in the AMA uh, chat. Yeah, I clicked on the link. So you go, you go to the Polygon scan page. Yep. And then you'll see in the overview, you see token. You pull that drop down and you look at the Polygon Leo balance. Because one of these things that has uh, occurred over the last year or so is that any address that is active on any EVM gets all the spam. They get these these scam tokens that if you try to trade them, they can then you know do bad things. So um, you get like right now it says dx dex.io. It's got aefx.io. All, all these are nonsense. So you got to just mentally discount them. Um, and this just has the, the 270,000 PLEO. But now they're doing scam NFTs with ERC 1155s. <laughs> so, so, if, so general, general recommendation, if you get a token that you don't know what it is and you have no recollection of buying it, do not touch it. Oh, hell no, yeah. You see mystery tokens show up in your wallet, just archive so you never see them and accidentally click. Yeah. So just uh, one of those security procedures to follow. So, Cal, when moon? When, when are we all rich? That's, that's really, really all I want to know. <laughs> Something's telling me that it's soon, but I don't know where that's okay. coming from. Come on, marketing. <laughs> Come on, potential big investors. But I'm not going to get my head ahead of myself on that at all. So I think we're all caught up on questions. Uh, some people came in late and they were asking repeated stuff and just you know, watch the beginning. So it's there. Um, now, now a bunch of people are typing. So yeah. <laughs> What's up is get rich steady. I'm with that. I'm just getting bored and tired of waiting. <laughs> you know, waiting is the hardest part. You know, it's... Uh, the, um, you know, I've done a lot of financial projections over the years and the uh, you know the hardest part is countering 
human nature, right? Because yep. everybody wants everything and they want it now and they want it free. And if you can fight those urges, <laughs> then uh, you can do all right. I have been fighting those urges, although I think sometimes that might have been a bad move. Yeah. Some some selling is sometimes good when things have uh, mooned for uh, you know short play yeah. the volatility a little. Yeah, if you can, yeah, I mean that can optimize, but you know just overall. You know, just, exactly. You know, well, for life. And here's my point of view with this, and it's kind of the way I'm doing. It. It's like, all right, what's that? I don't want to call it the bot, like that foundation where it's like, all right, not optimizing, not anything. Like, where do I have to get where that just that foundation without optimization is still where you want to be, right? And obviously, that's just X amount of time in the future between just creating a diversified portfolio on Polycub, a diversified portfolio on Cub DeFi, right? Even if let's just say the prices of those two coins perform perform poorly, like let's say hypothetical worst case case scenario, like they sit at 10 cents and they just sit there for years, right? Even with that scenario, it's like, what, where do I have to be where the income being created from those investments gets you to the, you know, when retire? And like, that's the bottom of the range, right? So I kind of look at those scenarios, like, all right, where am I at base level? Where am I with some optimization? Where am I if, you know, coin performs well? So, and it's just, the beauty about it is, I don't think there's an, if like, you know, retirement FU money, I think it's just when in any yep. of those scenarios, it's just the when is longer or shorter or shorter or shorter. Right. Yeah. In, in the pre-DeFi days, um, I used to run a lot of numbers on, you know, expected returns of stock market. And, you know, if you have, uh, you know, uh, a day job and, you know, what do you have to do? And basically the number comes out that in, in those markets with historical rates of return, if you, if you save and invest, 20% of your income, then it'll work out over time. Yeah. Um, and 20% is much higher than the average savings rate. So that's already kind of a non-starter. Um, but, you know, in DeFi, you know, the yields are so much higher, even, even with stable coins, you know. So right now we're in, a, we're in a low period where yields are like, you know, 5 to 10%. That's still comparable to stock market yields, you know, historically. Um, and then in, in boom times when the, when the rewards tokens are, are high, you know, stable yields can be 20, 30%. So, um, you know- And you have no price risk either. And you have no price risk, right. So the, um, you know, if, if then you start to take on risk and you're, and you're in, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever, you know, pools that have yield, then, you know, you're, you're, you're accelerating that much higher. So the, the numbers skew, you know, nearer enormously in day five, but it's hard to re- to build real predictions because there's not enough market history. That search or that uh, that equilibrium level of yield has not been discovered yet. Um, but uh, but you know, for for me, I'm just all in. So you know, it's, so, I was talking to my wife last night because uh, she uh, she saw a number on on my screen and she's like, "Is that how much we have?" I was like, "Well, no, we've got more than that." Um, and she's like, but is it real money or is it like your crypto money? <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, crypto money is real money. Yeah. And uh, she was surprised that I actually have, uh, there has been crypto money that has made it to our bank account a little bit. Um, but uh, she's like, that's, okay. I call, uh, that's called building building points with the wife. Here, look, yeah. it's, it's real. there's real money from this. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now it could all disappear tomorrow. But, this know, is so. all true. I mean, listen, anything can happen. I mean, sometimes I, I wonder if uh, Tether Tether is a ticking time bomb that uh, could wreck the market at some point. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as worried about that as a lot of people are. Well, I'm actually, because someone asked me that. I did, uh, I did uh, on Thursday, I did another one of my crypto workshops with essentially, you know, a bunch of newbies. And someone was at, you know, there was, obviously I explained stable coins and then someone asked me about stable coins in terms of like, what's the safest ones and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, honestly, I was like, they're pretty much all safe as they're going to be. I was like, maybe, you know, maybe there's some concern with Tether because, you know, is it really backed and blah, blah, blah. I was like, and let's just say it ends up being like a huge Ponzi and they're only backing a third of it. I'm like, that's going to be awesome because what it's going to do is it's going to depeg all the other stable coins and I'm going to buy the crap out of them at a discount. Like if USDC gets spikes down to 80 cents because like Tether blows up, I'm buying as much as I can because I know I'm getting a guaranteed 20% return because it'll end up rattling back to a dollar in X amount of time because yeah. USDC is pretty solid based on you know who backs it and the fact that they've already been through all the legal stuff, so to speak, being attacked by you know state governments. And so I was just like, I started actually thinking about it. I'm like, I kind of want Tether to have a problem. <laughs> I was like, it's like a layup, a layup trade with all the other stables. I'm like, yeah. I'll take it, you know, free money. Absolutely. Free money is the best kind. <laughs> it is. So um, we got, what is it? Five to one. So we're sort of caught up. So I'm down for wrapping up uh, at come one o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. I think we covered everything. Works for me. So uh, in these last five minutes, then Cal, what uh, what do you want people to take away for this next week? Yeah, I uh, I think pump everyone should focus on yeah, pump the marketing. That's the uh, you know what I was saying earlier about and and Wu fixed my my metaphor and said um, you know you can you can throw a you can throw a pebble into the you can throw a pebble towards the ocean and it'll go so far, but if you use a slingshot, it'll go a lot farther. So nice. let the community be the slingshot and and make our make our marketing go a lot further than, than just basically releasing press releases. So, so do, like I said, and, and if you can, if you can help amplify it and, and, uh, and support, you know, the growth of, of the app and all the other apps, then, then what you can do is basically just go to Twitter, go to Facebook, everywhere that you guys go and uh, take the links and share them and spread them, comment on them, um, you know, write a Leo finance post about them, spread them on Hive too, and uh, just get the word out. Excellent. So, marketing, marketing, marketing. marketing, marketing. This is marketing week. We have officially begun. Hopefully, have, we'll see some of those PRs drop today. Right. So, right now, TVL is 6.1 million. I think that went up a little bit while we were talking. Uh, do you have a goal for this week? I would, I mean, I would love to see my goal overarching is 20 million. So, let's see if we can see if we can hit it. I don't know if we'd hit it this week, but maybe. See. Okay, that's that's aggressive i like it yeah <laughs> i gonna be curious to see what, what next week looks like in terms of we have the week of marketing and then it's like all right you know this time next week or mid next week you know if we've seen you know already positive impacts because marketing takes a little time to spread right that's true and I, i'm curious to see what happens too with the emissions rate so the emissions rate dropped from five block or five per block to four per block um on oh, yeah, on friday that last Friday. So, you know, we were seeing kind of a free fall to 65 cents or so. And then, 
the emissions rate switched from from five to four, and then we immediately saw a, a jump and and sustainability hit. Um, so we really we jumped right right back to a dollar basically, and we've just been sitting there. And then uh, I'm kind of curious to see what happens when we go from four to three on on this Friday. So we got what is that three days to kind of see how that plays out, and then combine that with all the marketing. And I think uh, it'll be interesting to see where Polycub sits after Friday this week. Nice. Yeah, and uh, with uh, with the liquidity pools being relatively thin compared to the ex Polycub, you know, any any new capital flowing in should have a nice little pump effect. Right. Which yeah, I mean, five. I actually... If you put five thousand in right now, I think you pump the price about three or four cents. So it's pretty nice. Pretty wild. I put a I put a thousand dollars into the Polycub USDC pool while we were on the call. Nice. But I already had had the Polycub. I didn't have to buy it. But added some liquidity at these low prices, hopefully to offset my overall taking on that. I'm like, I'm tired of looking at that big red number. Let me get some low. So when it goes up, it evens out. There you go. Obviously, it was only right. a fraction. Like I need to do, you know, much more. But um, will the, and I'm going to love just calling them the HBD just because of the irony of it. <laughs> will the HBD be dropping um, like uh, links in announcements or something when the, like in the PR for like, CoinDesk with CoinTelegraph yeah. hits. Yeah, we'll be dropping the links and posting them um, on Leo Fi on the Le at Leo Finance account, and then cool. obviously on Twitter. So we'll post it everywhere in general chat. We just want everyone to to be the slingshot. Be the slingshot. Yep. Share it's it the out. Theme for the week. Be the slingshot. That's yeah. Share, comment. That's and our tag. new motto. Like yep. it. Slingshot. All right. Cool guys. All right. We'll catch you guys next Tuesday then. Indeed. Okay. All right. Have a good one, guys. Take care. All right. See ya.